Hello and welcome to the Bot Nirvana podcast where we dive into all things software automation. I'm your host Nandan Mullakra. While I'm not podcasting, I write articles on nandan.info. I hope you enjoy the show. Let's get right into it. Today we have Antti from RoboCorp. RoboCorp is one of the most funded open source RP in the market. This is a Q&A session we recorded as part of a demo that included questions from the audience. Uh, the link to that complete video is in the show notes if you like to see that. I got started with the Q&A part of the session by asking Antti why people should go in for open source RPA while there are very good commercial RPA options available. Yeah, good question. I think uh, so many reasons, uh, but but I think it ultimately comes down to the fact that uh, RPA is a developer domain. So so we haven't really seen the citizen developer approach taking off. Instead, what we see, we have dedicated RPA developers who work with these tools uh, day in day out. And what what usually works with developers is actually open open ecosystems, things that are open for sharing and collaboration. So so a developer will expect to have something where they can actually build on top of other people's learning and knowledge instead of uh, working in a, in a closed-off environment. So I think that's one big uh, motivation for many people to look into open source RPA. And up, up until now, there hasn't been really... A, any any solution out there on the open source side that would have the sort of level of polish and finish available. So I think uh, in the coming years, we're going to see a lot of rise, rise on that side. Then there's obviously things like the business model, how, how it, it's different or can be different from the open source side. So, so we want to drive the price of an individual robot down to zero. That's, that's essentially what we're doing. And, and I, I think, Pricing uh, per robot is a is a horrible idea to begin with. I, I get where it's coming from, so so you can kind of understand that you know, RPA you can say that it saves work. Uh, you can you can calculate that you know you, you save so many FTEs and uh, you can put a price tag on it. That's pretty straightforward, but that kind of limits your view and perspective on RPA. So so that limits the use of RPA to only cases that will save a certain number of FTEs. And I think I think there's so much more use to RPA than than just that. So there's there's a ton of reason why why not to, you know, break the business model in RPA and also also break the collaboration model and also take a sort of a open focus on the developers, the people who are actually building this stuff. Okay, yeah, perfect. It opens many possibilities with $0 bots, right? Because you're no more restricted to uh, the old ROI calculations. You you basically exactly. start, yeah, start with the value. Great. Amazing. So um, the next question, Shine Paramal asks, what are your challenges against the top three? I think I asked that, you know, but oh, this is one favorite question of people on all the sessions. They want to compare it with the top three. Uh, what's your take on that? And I know you're a, not a low-code uh, platform, but other than that, what? How do you compare yourself with, say, UI path or automation in UI? Yeah, well, I I don't I don't like to compare ourselves to to them. To be honest, okay. uh, it's it's it's, a, it's about you know not not just being better but different and different in meaningful ways. So I uh, I I know that 
people are making that comparison for, for sure. And, and uh, But I, I've seen so many companies where they will adapt uh, Robocop to it as, as a secondary offering for UiPath, for instance. So it's, it's usually not UiPath or Robocop. It's, it's, you know, they, they're using both. And it, well, obviously, in some cases, they might be replacing uh, their proprietary bots with, with our, our ones, but but I've seen so many cases where, where they, they coexist as well. So I'm I'm really not that worried about the the big three, or you know big four. If you you know think that Microsoft is going to be that one, uh, it's um you know the market is huge, and we're actually uh, making it even bigger, kind of by, by relaxing some of the. ROI calculation restrictions. So, so we think that RPA is going to come down market to mid-cap companies and even smaller companies. And we get a ton of questions and, and reach out from, from people who, who have smaller RPA consulting companies. And, and they think that they, they can serve the market uh, in their local area uh, with, with, with automating business processes for companies. And they just need to have the right tools to do that. So, so I think that we are we have the perfect company to enable that kind of new business to to emerge. Great, great, and I like that. You know, you come from the pie is not small; it's it's big enough for everyone. Uh, yesterday, uh, I shared something on Appian. Uh, the CEO basically is saying that it's time to think beyond your own tools and you know in, incorporate humans, all the kinds of technologies in a workflow to orchestrate the automation. So great, great. I think uh, that's the way to go. Um, so next, we have a question from Sirisha. She's asking, how do you rate this product in the current market landscape? It's a similar question, but what are its strengths with respect to them? Yeah, I think, I think our core strength is that, is that we actually really understand developers and are openly developer-focused. And, uh, and we want to uh, create an open ecosystem for developers to, to build RPA. That's, that's really the one of the, you know, we are really product focused and developer focused company. Not to say that we don't want to serve business users. Obviously we do, uh, the, the use cases are, are coming from the business side of, of things. But, but in the end, the developers are the people who work with these things, uh, you know, every day. And, and we actually want to, want to create something that they will like to use and they will enjoy the use. So, so uh, that's that's I think one of the really the core strengths of Robocop. Okay, great, great. Um, so the next question Desmond Lowe asks is: Is this a no-code automation? And I, you said that it is basically use robot framework, and it's not no-code, or probably not even low-code. So my yeah, question, well, yeah. go ahead. This is, I, I would say that this is code automation. <laughs> like this, this, yeah. This, this, yeah, so, so you know, you, you had a question about just briefly commenting that, that you know, we, we, we kind of don't shy away from code. And, and I think RoboFrameworks stri- strikes a nice balance between going all the way to Python and, and going to something more high level. It, it's, it has a low barrier to entry, the, the way RoboFrameworks syntax works and the way that we can, we can get people easily into the ecosystem, but then it has a high ceiling to grow. So you, you're not restricted or, or tied from your hands. In, in a sense, you have the 
power of uh, expression to actually do pretty complex stuff as well. Yeah, correct, correct. So my question on that is right now, you know, even in Silicon Valley, right? Low code, no code is all the rage. Um, so w- what is the advantage of this approach that you're taking with robot framework? Yeah, I mean, it's a trend for sure. And, and uh, I, I get why. And there's a ton of uh, automation platforms that, that will be a- in able to fulfill your needs if you need to um, integrate Salesforce to Google Docs or, or something like that. But but uh, we focus on software robots, and, and software robots are, I, th- I think, something that's fundamentally sort of a, a basic level concept in, in any IT automation stack. So, so these are agents that can perform any task that a human could or that you could uh, achieve through APIs or database access. So, so, so think, think in terms of, of, uh, of agents like that that can act on your IT systems. Think in terms of robots, not in terms of, of, of tying together APIs and, and just doing a few data transforms in, the, in between. So I think, I think they can really be a complement to each other, uh, low-code automation platforms and software robots. That's why, that's why we are building an API to, to RoboCloud, and that's actually part of the reason why RoboCloud is, cloud is uh, only on the cloud, cloud-native uh, is that you can really integrate into all these existing platforms when you have an uh, API available to use always. You can, you can still go and reach into your on-prem system. Let's say that you want to integrate your low-code tool to, to your mainframe. You know, you, you're free to do that. Kind of we, we think also in terms of being the last mile of automation uh, in, in some, some ways. Okay, perfect, perfect. So um, can you integrate with the other low-code platforms like UiPath Automation Anywhere? Is that in your roadmap? Yeah, I think we could. Uh, we haven't been doing that. There has, hasn't been any, any demand for that kind of thing. Okay. okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see why we couldn't, but yeah, it hasn't been too much demand, to be honest. Okay, okay. Um, so next question from Sanat. He asks, what are the level of technical skills required to implement end-to-end projects using RoboCorp? Yeah, uh, good question. Uh, I think you, you need to have some basic scripting skills. So understand uh, uh, some level of scripting. It doesn't need to be like uh, you know, a master's level or anything like that. We have a ton of tutorials on, on RoboHub. So there's a beginner's course, for instance. We actually have a website that we we a wonderful content team built just for that purpose. So we have a website that has a bunch of things to automate and there's a beginner's course where you can start doing that. Obviously you'll need access to our developer tools to be able to do that and those will be available in, in July. But, uh, or then you can request for early access from us. But, uh, but yeah, you, you need to have a certain kind of level of being able to think in terms of code but you don't need to be a programmer. Um, like I mentioned, it has a low barrier to entry. Some of these examples that we have are extremely compact. There are few lines and some boilerplate code. So, so they are really easy to get into and they're well explained. Next up, Alan asks, uh, will the visual code extension also support recording RPA tasks? Uh, yeah, uh, recording. We, have, we haven't, 
been too much thinking about recording. Um, so, so there are limited use cases to recording, I think. And I'm, I'm really not sure what are the, the best uses for, for, for that. So, so we can certainly do a recorder where you can do like uh, image-based recordings and, and repeat those. Uh, we, we have the tooling for that and we do support image-based image automation as well. But as we all know, anyone who's been involved in RPA is that usually you don't you don't do that. You don't go about and, and do like uh, recording based things and, and push them to production. Instead, you you'll find the kind of the right way to do uh, the implementation. So so we we haven't built a roadmap for for building a, a kind of a record and playback tool, but there's not nothing that will prevent us from doing that. I know that Robo Framework has some, you know, Chrome extensions that let you record and play uh, Selenium type of scripts that, that exists, but we, you can use them for, for sure. There's no limitation, but we are not as a company yet at least supporting that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that goes against I think your approach, right? Um, so that makes sense. In a, in a sense, in a sense, if, if there's a valid use case and um, and we don't certainly want to be kind of difficult to approach. Uh, and um, and so we have things like uh, UI locator selectors that are coming. So so you can click on UIs and, and get the uh, selectors inserted into your scripts. And that that's, I think, a really good way to to benefits semi-recording but but you still want to write the keyword you know right click element and then select the element yourself like pointing at it but but you know you don't want to be you know doing like image recognition based recordings and, and try to work with those too much okay perfect um so the next question from opana asks about the rpa being brittle and doesn't capture the changes in the back end i think probably the front end as well. So how do you solve that brittle bot breaking problem, Andy? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, you know, recordings, <laughs> recordings will break. That's, that's <laughs> something that we know. So we don't do recordings or, or kind of endorse them. Um, and then, then when we have the focus and the mindset that, that we serve software robot developers, we serve people who who are professionals and understand what they're doing, and and we can talk about best practices like use APIs whenever possible, and and what kind of locators you you should use on on websites and and so forth. Then you can get into this kind of uh, you know, best practices way of working where you you don't you don't go go to solutions that that break often. Well, the second thing is that that Robo Framework was originally uh, built for test automation. I actually see that test automation is a subcase of, of RPA. It's a, it's a form of RPA. But, you know, guess what break, uh, changes a lot is, is application that is being developed. So, so as, as you have an application that you automate and then you have 10 developers working on it, it's changing every day. So, so Robo Framework actually facilitates really nicely isolation of, of functionality into reusable components and separatable components. So you can implement if you if you follow the kind of the, the smart ways of working with Robo Framework, you'll, you'll end up isolating uh, functionalities between keywords 
and if if those if those functionalities end up changing your button change the location you can just rewrite that keyword and and uh, you're all set basically yeah, so so you you have this sort of layer of main, maintainability in the tools themselves and uh, yeah I, I think I think overall the text-based editing is, is really suited for, for maintainable work. Okay, okay, good. So yeah, I can understand the maintainable part, uh, but how about, you know, do you think RPS would become intelligent enough that they can detect these changes automatically and self-heal? Mm. Well, you, you want an RPA to be deterministic, right? So yeah, okay. You want to know, know, know what it will do. That's one part of it. So, so uh, you you don't want it to guess if if something has changed. So, so that's one part. But I think that's kind of dodging the question. We we actually have a project in mind, and we we already started this work. But we want to bring in new people as well. So, so we have have this idea of actually recording a lot of uh, UI element images uh, with with um, included. Uh, sort of labels and and then publish publish it as an open data set and and we can we can have different people create classifiers on top of that so so we can have uh you know neural network that can say that okay i i can find the button that says okay on this uh, screen you know okay understanding context so so we actually have a, that that kind of project been kind of on the on the on the you know slow boilerplate cooking for a while Okay. And uh, ho- hopefully we can publish it uh, at some point, some point in time as an open data set where other people can benefit from it as well. Excellent. Yeah, that'll be great because this is one big problem with the you know the tool itself, um, and and I'm sure many others are also working on this one. So good to know that you are working on it. Um, so we'll go to the next question. Ramraj asks asks whether the RPA is a tool or a library. Which programming language does it support? So yeah, so uh, Robot Framework is built with Python. So so anything that you can do with Python, you can integrate with it. Um, it comes with a set of uh, libraries out of the box. So so we maintain the RPA Framework library, which is a collection of, of commonly used RPA components. Then there are I think like three hundred and fifty libraries that are built by the community. So Robot Framework has been around for for many years. So there's a lot of th- things that the community has built and and you know you know there are things like mainframe automation or sap automation these kind of things they, are, they have been built by uh, other other people using robot framework and and they are roboframework.org lists some of those projects and then uh, you, you can go to python package index and search for robot framework you, you'll find like 350 or so projects so okay. so yeah i think that answers that okay uh, Ritanchu is asking case study for supply chain, um, but yeah, I'll just try and make it generic. I, I think you are working with industry, uh, some of the clients to prove your uh, use cases, right? So can you talk about it a bit? Uh, I mean, they're pretty, uh, RPA use cases in, in terms of, of separating between, you know, uh, uh, supply chain or finance. To me, that doesn't make too much sense. I, I guess where it's coming from, but but I, whenever I get asked about uh, use cases, I, I refer to things like, okay, Salesforce automation or, or, or NetSuite automation or, or browser or, or SAP. 
you know, those are kind of proper ways to, in my view, to, to separate between use cases. And then I, I posted on Medium a few days ago, or when was it last week, this, this post about kind of use case categories in, in RPA. I think I shared it somewhere as well. Right, I did see that. Yeah, so, so, so you know, I, I like to think in terms of, 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 you know, replacing manual routines is one use case for, for RPA. But another, this isn't my original idea, by the way, but another, I, I think, really fitting use case is, is replacing dirty hacks with a sustainable solution. So, so you know, you, you, you know that uh, IT organizations have for, for decades done, like, dirty hacks to... to patch their systems or, or make things work together. So with RPA, you now have a, a way to actually properly govern those hacks and kind of make them legitimate. And I think that's a valid use case category of its own. Uh, if you think about RPA in terms of a ROI-based uh, cost-saving tool, you, know, you, you don't get to implement that stuff. But with, with, with you know, our approach, when, when we want to enable everyone to be able to use software robots to their benefit you can actually start thinking about you know uh, can i actually uh, you know govern some of these hacks that have been existing for for years and there were many other other use cases that are listed on the medium post uh, as, as well but but yeah so so my thinking around let's say around supply chain or, or finance use cases sure they there's a lot of them and and we we can uh, collect some of those to to our site but but you know if 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 we are true to our mission and and, and focus to developers we, we rather focus on on kind of a shining light on use cases per technology got it got it okay and i think there are two perspectives there one is a technology perspective which the technologist developers understand and then there's a functional perspective which you know a person let's say cfo or a ceo would understand uh, so I think this is coming from the other side, um, but I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Hal Anthony asks is asking, what's your user base so far? Yeah. Um, so so robot framework itself has a ton of uh, users. I think the tool itself gets uh, downloaded over five million times annually. Uh, if you go to robotframework.org, that gets around forty-five thousand, fifty thousand monthly visitors. Um, the Slack, uh, Robo Framework Slack community has, I think, uh, close to 8,000 now members registered. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's a big community. Uh, then the subset of RPA users is, is, is definitely smaller than that. But, but we, have, you know, we have really huge waiting lists on, on our early access program. And I think there's uh, the user, user base uh, it's gonna grow fast when we when we open it up. Uh, so so we we expect existing robot framework users to start exploring it. All all those people, those tens of thousands of people who are using robot framework right now, and then then we we expect to bring in new people as well who who are not familiar with robot framework yet. Okay, perfect. And on that point, um, what's your model going to be? Would you have some partners through whom with whom you'll be working? Uh, yeah, I mean the. That interest from from companies who, who want to partner up with us as as you know, in doing implementation work that's that's okay, uh, and obviously we value them 
really really much and, and we want to help them out to to build their business that's what we are here for we are building tools so other people can build their business on top of that right. um, but but then it, it's really not that different uh, to our perspective whether whether the, the the user the developer who builds the robot is uh, working inside a company or at a, at a kind of partner company to us so so in in that regard that there isn't too much difference uh, between partners and and just you know any any developer out there. We we have different uh, pricing tiers coming for partners and enterprises. So so that's 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 also kind of a admission that, that we we value the partners and we want to enable them to to use our tools for the benefit. But but other than the kind of the pricing model uh, things, uh, in, you know, a developer is a developer to us. Okay. All right, so uh, next question from Murali. I think we covered a bit of it. Uh, we can go through that quick. Uh, he asks about unattended mode. Can that be done? And is there a controller and scheduler available? Yeah, unattended mode, absolutely. Uh, so you can you can run uh, those workers unattended. Uh, so we, we provide the, the, right now we have the container runtime environment that you can use. So, so you can actually run robots in, in containers uh, on the cloud. Uh, completely without kind of zero infrastructure on your end or then you can also bring in your own virtual machine so you you want to run in inside your own corporate network somewhere you can you can just have a virtual machine running and and have that work as a worker for RoboCloud and schedule that work um, so so that's there and available and and by the way the, the worker only needs uh, to have HTTPS port open to the world so so that's all it needs in order to be able to run so so that's really easy to install and drop in place okay perfect so the next question uh, from L Boke I hope I'm saying that right sorry um, so L asks uh, about COVID-19 and RPA, so I'll just generalize it. And so what's your thoughts about RPA post-COVID? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, this is a good question. I, I think it's, it should pick up, you know. Uh, I think there's going to be more, more automation, not less. And uh, I, I think RPA might be uh, one of the, the more resilient industries uh, for, for COVID. I, I don't see too much kind of decrease in demand. Uh, obviously, when we had the crisis initially, there was thinking that that you know as as people are going through this experience, they they might not have room for for starting kind of new new projects. So so anything that will take up mental capacity is, is going to be uh, slowing down. But but not right now. We we see activity picking up, and there's a there's a lot of people coming coming to our way and 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 starting to use the early access program that we have out then. So, so I, I would be optimistic. Yeah, that's good. And, and, and since you're releasing kind of in this new normal, that will be an interesting thing, right? And we'll test your resi resiliency, if, if I may say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and as a company, we have been working remotely since the beginning, actually. So, so we have been a remote first company. So we, we operate in, in the US and in the EU. Uh, so we have developers in, in multiple countries and 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 everyone has the opportunity to work remotely. So that has been part of our operation mode since the beginning. And, and that certainly helped us with, with COVID. Great, great. 
He has one more question about automation in Africa. Are you seeing any intake from there? Actually, I am. Oh, great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so uh, we ha we have some some inquiries from from Africa as as well. Um, South Africa, I think, has been the the most active place there. Uh, I think there's there's gonna be opportunities, obviously, there as as well. Uh, I don't have a ton of of, of insights specifically to our African markets, other than that, I I see that we have kind of incoming interest from all over the world, basically from you know, from from North America to South America, and and, and from the EU, EU to to like you know Asia and, and and India certainly an area that has a ton of interest, and then then Africa as well included. And Middle East too. Yeah. Bharat on the call, uh, he had he asked a few questions earlier. He's asking what are the new capabilities being added. So I think what I mean, what he means is. You know, probably you're releasing phase one, and then what's the new things in in the works? Yeah, well, there's a it's a long list of things that we want to add, uh, both on the on the robot cloud side, so the orchestration side. Uh, you know, there's there's things like uh, you know being able to manually complete a task that ro a robot had has done, kind of manual intervention type of things. Um, you know, better APIs. Uh, just a just a vast amount of things and and we have a big team but uh, still you know feels that uh, we we could use a few more developers mm -hmm. um on the on the on the developer tool side there's a lot of initiatives going on so visual better visual studio code support is in the pipeline uh, more features on robocode lab uh, so native support for debugging and uh, and and these kind of things uh, what else uh, on on RoboHub? We we want to be, be able to bring in uh, user generated content. We we are releasing a forum as well. But I I'd like to have a uh, way for for uh, I'm pretty sure that's coming as well. So so way way for people to share their own own work and and kind of highlight some of the things that people have been building. Kind of you know sharing robots and, and right. sharing robot code uh, outside of github so so obviously github is some something where you can share mm -hmm. and but we need to have a place for highlighting that work as well okay perfect i think the last question and then we'll go in for some live questions so jose is asking when will it be available july july okay short answer all right, perfect. Um, so, people on the call, if you have any more questions, come, can you you can come off or mute and ask a few questions. We have around five minutes. Okay. Uh, so, Auntie, as you said, uh, you can uh, set up the workers. Uh, for example, you can run tasks in a cloud in a container, or you can set up a virtual machine in, uh, for example, in my uh, infrastructure. Yes? I, am I right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, do I need uh, installed all dependencies like uh, Python robot framework and uh, this kind of dependencies of that machine? Excellent question. You don't. You don't need to install anything. Okay. So, so, so entered by workers service, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so how it works is that the worker actually handles all of that. So, so you actually need to um, just install the worker and and run the. Run the process there, and and it will for the first time when it runs a certain process, it will create all the dependencies there. Uh, you know, install everything. It, it takes a, a, a while longer to run the first time, 
and then afterwards it has everything it needs. If you update it, if you update the process, uh, the next time it's just gonna update everything. So you don't, definitely don't need to worry about dependencies. That's that's a huge value that we are providing. Great. Thank you, Fantastic. Can I have one question more, Christian? Yes, Patrick. Uh, okay, uh, so about an attendant uh, execution, uh, because uh, I have already tasks uh, run uh, on Jenkins. Uh, it's uh, scheduled every five minutes and so on. So do you think about something like uh, intelligent uh, process uh, control, for example, Sometimes uh, it can happen that uh, the task can run into infinite loop, for example, eh? and you can mm -hmm. uh, you can track these uh, kind of things. Do you know what I mean? So tracking whether the the task task gets uh, gets stuck in infinite loop, for example, and you you want to track some unexpected behavior in your system, for example, or something like that. Yeah, well, obviously, timeout is something that we support already, but that's really not your question. Um, yeah, good, good, good area of exploration. We don't have anything concrete. If you have good ideas, just shoot them over. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Um, if anyone has any question, please identify yourself and then ask a question. So this is Bharat. Do we have any certifications, or is there a plan to have certifications? Yeah. Um, so, so that's that's a that's a something, an area that we've been thinking about. So, I'd love there to be able to to be a certification examination where you can just take it online and 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 show that you you you've done that, and maybe maybe have a way to have different levels. Um, I, you know, there's some people in the open source community that think that that's bogus. Uh, but but uh, then again, I understand where it's coming from. So if you wanna if you wanna show that you're actually capable in this this um, you know area, you 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 need to have something as a, as a proof. So so definitely there's gonna be uh, a demand for that. Uh, we we don't wanna monetize too much on on that side. Uh, so it's not gonna be something where we we wanna uh, be trying to make a buck out, out of it. But but something that I think we we can as a company provide. We have been thinking about learning paths for for individuals. So so on RoboHub, you if you are logged in, you you might have a, a few learning paths, and and then you might have a, a certification of completion of those learning paths to show. So that that's something that we are thinking kind of open. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else had a question? Um. Yeah. So I had one. We've got quite a. A traditional RPA team, but very few of them actually have a coding background. So as we're sort of reskilling them to learn the um, Robo framework and the RPA framework, are there any tips for sort of facilitating that transition from the low code and no code tools to the RoboCore framework? Yeah, good question. Uh, I think I think the kind of traditionally the the Robo framework community has lacked really high quality learning resources, and and that's that's very of, of our contribution from RoboCore, where we are actually putting a lot of resources, is uh, you know creating the material for people to learn. Um, understanding the basics of, of scripting is is useful in in order to understand you know where where you can you know have situations where you need to be cautious of error handling and, and so forth. 
I think I think the best best way is to actually do real world projects and 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 try to learn from others. And and we 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 provide these beginners courses exactly for this kind of reason that you can uh, take an hour and go through the beginner course on RoboHub, right? And and then then see see if that's something where you you want to start, you know, putting more effort into. Great, thank I you. Would, yeah, it would be nice to have like. Um, you know, partners working who who want to actually take on training courses. We we'll we'll be looking into training partners as well soon. Thanks, thanks, Daryl. Uh, thanks, Auntie. One last question before we go. I mean, I've, I've you know you've done two rounds of uh, funding. Uh, that's really awesome. So, what do you see the level of interest for RPA in the Silicon Valley? Uh, yeah, that's. I think it's uh, this huge interest. Uh, okay. certainly so so like like i mentioned earlier i think I, I think software robots is going to be something that's kind of a fundamental building block in your it automation stack right so and it 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 will come down from the large enterprises and and kind of throughout the whole market so so i think rpa is going to be bigger uh, than it's estimated to be right now it's mm-hmm. going to be more versatile more widely used okay. and uh, and so so we are we are part of enabling that and 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 that that kind of that vision and and the broadness of the vision is is part of the reason why 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 there's so much interest in in robocop in particular i think but overall i think this this really fundamental not keeping uh rpa from being sort of disrupted by by this this kind of um open source and license free model so so i think that's something that's that's bound to happen and and we just happen to be one of the companies making that uh, possible so, so i'm happy that there's so much interest in, in the silicon valley because otherwise we, we couldn't there's a big industry that that that's holding it back right now well uh, obviously they're doing a lot of good things as well but but as we see that that we need to make a big industry change and it's going to need some resources to to be able to pull it off yep thank you auntie uh, I think that's a good note to end. Uh, thank you for doing this, Auntie. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Bot Nirvana podcast. Appreciate your time as always. Catch the show notes on botnirvana.org. While you're there, feel free to explore more automation ideas, tutorials, and tools, and more. See you next time.